Hi, welcome to the Asylum Podcast. <laughs> um, where we talk about all that's been happening in the world of geek this week. Um, I thought that, you had an intro for this. Yeah, no, no. Well, what do you think I'm doing? Oh, okay. That clearly rhymed. <laughs> what more does an intro have to do? Um, uh, would you like to introduce yourselves? Um, I'd love to. My name is Ali, and I just opened a can of Minute Maid Orange in front of the mic, so sorry about that. My name's Philippa, and I have better manners than that. It's fair. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, um, today we're going to talk about the I'm Oliver Jones. (laughs) (laughs) I I need no further introduction. (laughs) That was a dramatic pause. Um, Today we're going to talk about the most overrated films ever, the worst comic book adaptations ever, and who would be the worst fictional character ever to wake up to, uh, you know, in the morning after, I'm, I'm assuming post-coitus. It's a very <laughs> negative podcast, yeah. isn't it? What's yeah. the worst, worst, worst? I know, it's the, we don't set the questions. So. Oh, okay. Let's, don't, let's not hate ourselves for that. So um, I think Philip Wall is going to begin this week with a most overrated film ever in film history, ever, ever, ever. Ever. Um, this had a lot of thinking involved, which was upsetting for me on many levels. Um... Essentially, I was going to go for one of James Cameron's magnum opi. Opuses? Opi? Opera? Magna (laughs) magna opera. Um, Amazing, well done. Thanks. Five points, Gryffindor. Yeah, Hufflepuff. Okay. (laughs) Um, And I was going to probably end up going for Titanic because it's kind of like the romantic side of icy death for hundreds of people, which Um, was a bit... we've We've vetoed Titanic. Because actually, it's an excellent film. <laughs> and you've got like that poster of Leo DiCaprio on your wall still. It's just quite above yeah. your bed. Excellent. Yeah, and <laughs> under my bed. So I don't forget. And then I thought, well, to be honest, any film where you sort of watched it and you thought it was all right and you end up talking to a fan, then that becomes the most overrated film ever. Um, and then I thought that some films that I really didn't enjoy that everyone else seemed to were um, the Simpsons movie. I couldn't stand it. Really couldn't stand it. I think it's it. terrible. I think it's, it's terrible. No, okay, it's, right. it's really shit. But I don't. I'm not sure that the critical response was anything other than this is quite shit. I think according to Wikipedia, <laughs> that source of like great knowledge for journalists, um, <laughs> it was like ninety percent positive on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. And I was. Just, I was horrified to read that but also I wanted to just bring up phone booth which I absolutely hated it was dreadful it was pointless it made no sense everybody else loved it and I sat there and I nearly got asked to leave the cinema because I was making hand puppets like shadow (laughs) puppets at the back of the theatre and then there is could you please not do that there is a worse film than phone booth which is essentially the same film as phone booth Mm. but it's got Wesley Snipes in it and it's a big rant about the arms industry, but he's holding someone, you know, the wife of the, some... I can't remember, but that's an incredibly shit film. But equally, that was rated shit. I think what we're looking mm. for is a film that was critically acclaimed as one of the greatest well, of all time. I think the one that people often say is the critics' movie of choice has often been Citizen Kane. Mm. But if you watched it now as a modern audience go, yeah, audience go, a film goer, and you sat down and watched Citizen Kane. One, your arse would fall off because it's so bloody long and boring. Okay. So is Avatar. It has its moments, but people critically thought, oh, this is brilliant because it did so much technically. 
he did so much with a kind of full focus all the time. You know, him at the back, he's in focus, him at the front, he's in focus, and it's like very well, is very well done. But I think that's what I mean by an overrated movie, where it, there is a lot <coughs> to like, but it's gone beyond the level of, of admiration it should receive. You see what I'm saying? In my article on this story, I took a similar route, and I actually said that maybe St- Star Wars A New Hope. Yeah. Because, I mean, okay, it's a good film. It is a good film. But equally, does it, does it merit 20 years of, a, like, a carnival and of merchandise, billions in merchandising, mm. a whole, like... There's a whole conference season every year around that film, and actually... It clearly doesn't merit that. Well, the thing is, I think George Lucas doesn't think that either. Otherwise, he wouldn't keep fucking rejigging it all yeah. the time. He is an awful human being as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what—that's how I define a, a, a kind of an over. But you get that at the Oscars as well, don't you? Because as long as somebody's like with Black Swan or like with you know with anything that involves losing a lot of weight or putting yourself through something yeah. grueling, yeah. then you seem to get a sort of a disproportionate like a level of critical acclaim yeah. because they feel like they should somehow reward the fact that you sort of. Oh, Christian Bell was really thin in The Machinist, and then he was really big in Batman. He's such a great actor. Um, Sleeping Beauty that's just come out because it's just oh, like yeah. just because Emily Browning has put herself through some hideous like. Ordeal of lying there naked, being licked by a sadistic elderly man. You know, spoilers. Um, <laughs> it's basically all that. Kind of like that doesn't mean it's a good film. It just means that she's put herself in a really awkward situation. Yeah. For my work. my final conclusion on on this story in, in the in the article on this um, was the Dead Poets Society, which I think has got an insanely good rating on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. But I think it's probably the worst film ever made. It's just got, what's his name? Robin Williams doing his weepy eyes. Oh, isn't poetry amazing? We let it drip off our tongues. Like, to a bunch of posh kids who are probably going to be into poetry anyway. That's what I find very odd about it. Is yeah. It, is if you had to really drum up a sense of, you know, lust for poetry, these people that walk around in dicky boats. I know, and, it's, and it's, so, it's so vile as well, because the kids in it, the ones who are into poetry, they, all, they fall into that trap of making them all these, like, limp-wristed, like, wet cabbages. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, no, actually, like, some of the most heroic men ever have written poetry, some of the most manly men ever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why be so pejorative? Why be so fucking lazy? And then, the, like, they kind of run out of story, mm. so they have this bit in the end where that, that guy who's in Much Ado About Nothing... Yeah, that's bullshit, isn't and it? And then he just tops himself, because he's Dad won't let him be an actor. Um, he's also just, like, in the house. He's Robert Watts' name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have one argument, and he's just like, oh, right, yeah, you can't be in the play because I don't think it's a legitimate career. And he goes, oh, well, I'm going to top myself then. It's like, what? What? Just calm down. <laughs> just calm down. Overwrought middle a, classes. Yeah, what an overreaction. I mean, if, frankly, if you're going to kill yourself because your dad said you can't be in a play, then you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it over Whitman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was really hoping that at some point during your um, monologue, Ali would get up on his chair and say, Captain, <laughs> like my captain. <laughs> captain, my captain. And kick the microphone over. <laughs> God. God. I mean, that's the most cringy part in the whole thing. Yeah. Well, get off your desk, you've all got detention. <laughs> now clean your desk and go home. I'd would you stand on your mother's furniture? <laughs> Right, I mean, I've, I don't think we can draw a firm conclusion here. It's just too big a topic. I'm going to go for lots of films, but specifically Phone Booth that I hated and okay. everyone else liked. Phone I like that, that you've gone for something so specific as Phone Booth and a little bit, you know, off-piste. Okay. Mm. I'm, I'm cool with that. So, Phone Book is. <laughs> yes. Phone Book. Phone Book. Phone Book. That's an awful... The sequel no one wanted. <laughs> just loads of people at the end, loads of Polish people turn up. 
I think I've stole that joke from someone. Um, <laughs> uh, now we've got Alice Plum going to talk about the worst comic book adaptation to cinema, a topic which I know that you're an expert on. I am. Let me get this right. Chomping at the bit? Yeah, because it's a horse reference. Anyway. <laughs> um, immediate one. Get this out of the way. Get this done. Um, is the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is adapted from a very, very... Um, well, I can't finish my sentence because I've started it wrong. Uh, a much-loved, critically acclaimed graphic novel, novel that goes by the same name. Uh, and it's essentially kind of... kind of raped... Um, they include characters that have no place in the novel or in that world. There's a character which is essentially kind of a plucky Huckleberry Finn, shoot him with a gun, young American chap who isn't in the book. Um, they also put in Dorian Gray, who isn't in the book, and make him also invulnerable to bullets. Um, he can take all kinds of pain and all kinds of bullets. You, Just, you're looking at me with faces that say... The portrait is like getting ripped up or something. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. okay. So, so he's only in there for like a visual gag, or is he in the comic he, book? I'm he's not, not in the comic book at all. He's not in the comic book at all, oh, but he's okay. in the film. Um, that doesn't fit for me either. And uh, it also was the movie that made Sean Connery decide to never do any other acting ever again. And if that's the one he's reason to hate this film... Bond. <laughs> or possibly before. <laughs> Except when he came back. He was excellent in that film with uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Entrapment. Yeah. <laughs> I know it well. But no, Sean Connery is an absolute living legend, even if he doesn't pay his taxes and is a hypocritical prick. But this movie meant that he decided never to play any roles ever again, and that makes me sad. Aside from all that, the film itself is a fucking truckload of shit. Yeah. There are certain moments when you go, oh, that would have been better if it had any sorts of love or attention paid to it at all. Um, and the plot kind of just rambles on and just gets a bit boring and then there are cars that also have GPSs inside even though it's the 19th century and blah 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 so let's get out of the way that is a bad movie there's also The Phantom which starred Billy Zane you might remember from oh, from the early 90s that was kind of before the whole sort of that's before oh, all we've kicked had off a, we've had a massive economic collapse let's just cash in on all these sort of you know what was the film days? that actually kicked off the last decade and a half of all this comic book adaptations was Blade, which is Del Toro, yeah. and a very uh, like not very well known thing. And he thought, well, let's take something that's not very well known and make it onto a film. Whereas these other ones that we're getting now are just rehashes and rehashes. Um, but yeah, Phantom, that's pretty bad. I think people forget about it, and it is quite bad. Have you seen Howard the Duck? I wouldn't even put that in this. It is such an abominable kind of, you know. But it is a comic book adaptation, well, and yeah. it is, and it is again George Lucas. Back again, you <laughs> evil human being. Um, Do you think it's because it's like, the worst film that's ever? It's not just the worst comic book adaptation that's ever been made. It's the worst film that's ever been made. It's not just the worst film that's been made. It's the worst piece of shit. I can't explain to you how appallingly awful it is. But the whole gag doesn't make any sense. You know those movies where you go, you know what? I get the gag. It's just been mm-hmm. badly done. But this is a duck in a human world, and. <laughs> That just integrally doesn't strike any sort of funny bone. Mm. It doesn't work. Mm. I think what we've got to decide here is, which is worse, a film that made Sean Connery stop acting and sort of destroyed his legend almost. I would say so, and also took a very, very solid, and this is why Legal Extraordinary Gentleman is so extraordinary in its own way, is that the film was so bad that the guy who made it, that wrote the book, I think he's, I can't quite remember his name, so I won't mention the name, 
but he was writing the second volume of the book and he wanted to make sure there was no way they could adapt it into a film because he didn't own the rights. It was for Dark Horse Comics and he had no rights over it. Mm. I want to make sure they will never, ever do it. So what did he do? He took cartoon characters and kind of fairy tale characters and Rupert the fucking bear and all that kind of gang and they had them, I think, sexually assault someone. Also, they had a very old man uh, have very graphic and quite disgusting sex with one of the other characters. And when you flick through the book, you go, this is... He has gone off his rocker. <laughs> and then you realise at the end why he did it. <laughs> that's extraordinary. Yeah, that's extraordinary to go to. I mean, I just... I feel sorry about the Sean Connery thing. Because... Do you think that this is all because the studios don't really understand the difference between a comic book and a cartoon. Like, <laughs> they don't seem to... Well, I think quite a lot of the appeal of comic books is the sort of political overtones or the sort of, you know, the slightly more subtle yeah, yeah. aspects of it, as opposed to, you know, just reading maybe um, Dandy or so, you yeah, know, something yeah, yeah. like that. Viva Vendetta is about Thatcherism, but, but when you see it on screen now, that you're just looking at somebody throwing swords and you go... It yeah. doesn't have the kick that it did. But now it's all about the fact that you can put someone in a snazzy costume and throw lots of special effects at it. Yeah. And maybe that's why they keep falling short, you know, like, because it's not about the things that it was about. Yeah. I mean, did Watchmen... Yeah. Watchmen, when you bring that up, uh, its ending is exactly wrong for me mm. in the film. It's exactly wrong. So I haven't wrong. made it all the way through the book, the Do. comic book. Definitely worth your while. I'm still stuck. The sex scene in, in, in the... Film is just one of the worst things of all time. I think it all comes back to like the original, because I mean the reason these films are being made and uh, in, in greater numbers now than they were is because Hollywood is strapped for cash and they're looking for existing fan bases that they yeah, just want to yeah, capitalise yeah. on. So they go to computer games, they go to uh, comic books, but they know there's that existing or fan previous base. movies from the previous movies. Yeah, exactly. They just Rehashes, go there reboots. And they see what stalls have the biggest crowd at Comic Con. Exactly. That's exactly. I mean, and and it's those films that are born out of those reasons. I mean, there are some comic book films which aren't doing that. Like Kick Ass probably is one. Yeah. Watchman is probably the other way. They're a bit more esoteric. They're a bit more you know fan driven or not fan driven. You know, um, they're made for the they're right reasons. The love, yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's those ones that are, are decent and passable. And it's the ones that aren't. And it's the ones that are just fucking marketing tools that are just. You can always tell in the first five minutes which one you've fallen into. <coughs> Green Hornet. Oh my god! Why yeah, is he right. drinking so much coke? <laughs> Pepsi in this film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, does he actually have a Green Lantern? Got Green really Lantern. bad reviews as well. Yeah, anything with green in it, really. Thing, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think we so again, what we need to decide is: do we need to decide between the film that was actually the worst film ever, yeah. or the film that ruined Sean Connery as my hero? And he did ruin him as my hero. Yeah. I mean, even though I knew that he avoided taxes and he was a hypocritical knob and actually he's kind of the reason that I don't believe in anything anymore when I found out that Sean <laughs> he is I want to meet him and between him and Bono I want to meet them and be like guys you preach to me about yeah, this yeah, yeah. and this mm. but you don't pay your taxes you go and you know and it wasn't even much tax I don't believe in anything anymore anyway, because yeah. of you mm. um or the worst film I've ever made. So, which is if you Yeah, I mean, let's take a vote, right? Sean Connery or Ed the Duck? Howard the Duck. Ed the Duck's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of got to be Howard because there are some moments of Extraordinary Gentleman that you can enjoy if you can't tell yourself to. But with Howard the Duck, I, I will 
challenge anyone to take two minutes of that movie and say I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's also a you, and there are loads of really inappropriate sexual references in it. Um, which I'm not being prudish, but like, <laughs> I think the Village People film is like a you, and it's got full frontal male nudity in it. So. Awesome. I mean, I'm, I'm so like, glad you I'm know that fact, Philippa. I mean, I'd rather it was like full frontal male nudity than a duck lecherously looking at a woman's like ass. Because oh. oh, I'm yeah, just like, I mean, that's just it's it's interspecies erotica, and it's a you, and I'm like, come on. Anyway, I'm saying other duckers, how the duck. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got some repressed feelings of hatred towards at the top. Excellent. I think it's too whatever. So yeah, we win I, anyway. And I don't so. know enough about comic book adaptations, so I'm gonna Go we win. Say that as well. Yeah, excellent awesome. work. Right. Which fictional character would you least like to wake up next to? It was a bit of a toughie um, because a there are lots of fictional characters um, and um, Freddy Krueger, surely. Yeah, I mean, uh, he didn't even make my list. Do you want me to read my list? I want you to read your list. Yeah. Okay, here it goes. Uh, Predator, Pikachu, Carrie Bradshaw, Kavana QC. I'm reading a list. All right. <laughs> Predator is a damn good show. Uh, Predator, Pikachu, Carrie Bradshaw, Kavana QC, Thomas the Tank Engine, Mr. B, Jennifer Check, Roseanne, Hooch from Turner and Hooch, Harley Quinn, King from Tekken, Granny Goodness, E. Honda, Melanie Phillips, Oi, Poison Ivy, Mystique, Grace Stewart, Slimer, Sloth from the Goonies, Will from the Inbetweeners, Helen of Troy, Solid Snake, Susan from My Family, Hetty Wainthrop, Marlene from Only Fools and Horses, The Crazy 88, Bonkanon, Ghost Dog, Cat Dog, That Alien from the 80s Show, uh, Alf. <laughs> Baldrick. You came up with this list by putting loads of names in a bag, like a scrabble bag, and just shaking it out on the carpet. Yeah. Baldrick, Rastamouse, Skeletor, Snarf, uh, one of the Critters from Critters, the Blair Witch, Susie from Balamori, uh, no, Mary Nesbitt from Balamori, um, uh, yeah, a Vogon, a Borg, like, I mean, literally, basically, most fictional characters. <laughs> like, um, did anyone spot my non fictional character in there? Thomas the Tank Engine. Hetty Wainthrop. Melanie Phillips, the um, Daily Mail columnist and, and uh, bile um, bucket. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. Can, you, can anyone think of... A, well, can you think of anyone you would like to wake up next to? So that's the real question, is who, fictionally, would you genuinely like to be lovers with? Yeah, that's the actual question, and I think I, think I would have to go for... Betty Weintraub. <laughs> Betty Weintraub. Her younger She was foxy. They once, they once filmed an episode of Betty Weintraub from my old school, and all the kids went absolutely fucking bonkers. It was like, they, you would think the queen of the queens was here. Anyway, um, I think the most obvious one I said was Alex Forrest from Fatal Attraction. Oy. Because, you know, she kills, she kills people after she bonks them. And oh, then the boils, thing. Boils I go rabbits. for the thing. And it's Glenn Close and she's not that hot. The thing from The Thing. The thing from The Thing. But The Thing has taken over your wife. So you don't realise it's The Thing. But it is The Thing. Are you married in this alternate universe? <laughs> Waking up next to, let's just... Yeah. Let's, let's, let's make it scarier. No, I think it's scarier. Not if it's your casual sex friend who's The Thing. If it's somebody you've married yeah, to wife. and you had no idea two years later... That she's Maybe I should have taken this approach. Because in, in the world where I'm sleeping with Alex Forrest, Glenn Close, who boils rabbits in fatal attraction... I'm, I'm thinking, well, actually, um, you know, there's not much she can do to me. Like, I don't have any pets. Yeah. Um, I don't really, like, live with anyone who, you know, 
what the worst thing she could do is like pour Ribena in my Xbox, <laughs> and that's covered on my house insurance. So it would still be pretty devastating. Be, I mean, well, I mean, it'd be nice to just sort of to show some interest for the next one. Yes, <laughs> oh, yeah, a few one. minutes before the next one. John Candy. Because oh. I'm thinking of planes, trains, and automobiles. I'd just be sad waking up to a dead person. That'd be dark. That would be dark. That'd be really dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the the poo monster from Dogma. And also, John Candy's real. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the poo monster from Dogma is a good shout. Because you just never want to wake up next to poo. But you just don't want to wake up next to poo. I learned this quite early on in life. Um, That's my decision, by the way. Now I've already right. started. I wouldn't want to wake up to Navi from Zelda. Ocarina of Time, she's so freaking annoying. She'd just be like, you know, you're like an alarm clock. Hey, hey, hey! I'm like, oh my god, It'd just be awful. Although I think that's we've, just... we've gone, we've gone very eclectic this time, haven't we? Yeah. To go for the mundane rather than the extreme. Uh, mine is David Tennant, Doctor Who. Really? What in case he just what, wakes you up he... with well. Or every, every <laughs> what's a bit of rumpy pumpy he'll no, say I just, Z. I just find I just find his face appalling um, on a variety of offences. so you're saying worse than the poo monster from Dog oh yeah David Tennant's miles, face miles really? worse I, I despise that man you have problems I really I, I, if I if, if I had lots of ladies if I, I yeah I know um, which I find utterly but he, um, he, bizarre him being in your bed might lure in the ladies I don't I'm, I'm not willing to I'm not going to double team with David Tennant I mean yeah, no, I'm not even willing to go that far if uh, honestly you'd use him as like the carrot of the scenario. you'd use him as the carrot let's leave that sentence there <laughs> I mean I think I might have mixed up with if I had an opportunity where someone was like it was me David Tennant and a cupboard and I could lock him in the cupboard and leave him I'm not sure I wouldn't do it I love that <laughs> that's your go to thing that you might be offered that involved David Tennant just if he was there and I had the, the longer lock. I sit here and the longer you talk the more nice I seem and I'm not a nice person I don't believe that for a second anyway <laughs> um, so David Tennant the poo monster and uh, Navi from Navi Link. from Link from Zelda yeah okay well, cool so we you know three way tie though yeah I think there are just far too many fictional characters do you know how, do you know how many there are literally <laughs> a lot <laughs> yeah. Because, like, all of the fictional things, well, not all of them, because postmodernism. They're made up. You have a hero, and everybody else isn't the hero, so it automatically outweighs the good with loads of bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's the problem. The, Act. There aren't enough, yeah, there aren't enough heroes in the world. <laughs> okay, we get back to the fact that you don't believe in anything anymore. Yeah, anymore. <laughs> Sadness. <laughs> Exist- Should we just draw a line yeah, under this, this is, before this is, you cry? This podcast is turning into Ollie's existential crisis more, more than captain, anything. My captain, my <laughs> captain. Oh, a callback. Let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. Nice right. little callback. Um, and now this is the part of the Asylum podcast where we get to our uh, famous quiz, uh, which is called uh, Guess the definition of the wantonly arcane words which Ollie has looked up on the internet. Let's make it a speed round because yeah. I need to go home. Yeah. And competing today are Alistair Plum and Philip War, as ever. And Woo. say hi guys. Yeah. Hello. Uh, first word, ebrius. E B R I O U S and it's a verb. Ebrius. Oh, no, an adjective. Yeah, sorry. that's called an adjective, yeah. Adjective. Um, Philip War. Drinkable. Drinkable. Ebrius, yeah, you're thinking you've inebriated. Inebriated, yeah. Um, Ebrius. Ebrius, I think it's something to do with trees. And I'm going to say it's leafy. 
Leafy and no, it's you. It, it means tending to over imbibe, slightly mm. drunk. Hey. I thought so that was too know. obvious, basically. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I've never shied away from the obvious. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want. I want to give you a chance this week. Um, okay. Second one is ramify. Ramify. R A M I F Y. Ramify is to uh, really, really emphasise a point. Okay. Ram- I'm going to ramify this <laughs> with <laughs> my. Gonna ramify at home. <laughs> Laser yeah. pointer. Excellent work. <laughs> I don't know. I'm wearing a derby hoodie. Maybe I should just I think say. The cleaner it's just fell over. Derby. <laughs> um, ramify, like ramifications, implications. Implications yeah. and what was yours? Really emphasising something. Point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to give it to you because it's it branch out from that, you know. Things. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it just means branch out. It's like from diversify, it means run. Oh, uh, right. Which I don't really see the. Anyway, the last one is Lagogagog. Lagogagu? Lagogagu. Lagogagu. Is this like in Zoolander when he does a, a Lagogagu? <laughs> 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 I don't know. Any, uh, L-O-G-O-G-O-G-U-E. Logogog, maybe? Lagogagog. Is it. Um, it's not a place in Wales. A oh god. Is it a monologue given by any other part of your body that isn't your mouth? Something <laughs> to do with words. Okay, I I have to give it to Philippa again because Oh this uh, is bullshit. It, well no, it, it is quite It should have been she's I, almost, mine she's was almost to do with words. Um, a person who legislates, interprets or a self, uh, on words or a self styled authority on words, I'll ask Stephen Fry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, take those home. That's that's four one to you in the series now. Uh, I think if it gets to five one, we get to shave Alistair, which is um... <laughs> that happened. Oh yo, yeah, you mean the hair, don't you? On no, just all over, mate. All over. Everything. Yeah, all right, I better lose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks very much. Uh, we'll be back probably next week, if not maybe the week after. If not, maybe the week after that. I don't know. God knows. Why do you care so much? You weird. Uh, you know. <laughs> Bye then. Bye. Ta-ra! Bye. Not yet.